0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grambacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, strong and powerful Diane Bordeaux. Diane, are you ready to do this?
1: Absolutely. It's going to be fun. Yes. Yes.
0: Let's mm-hmm. do this diane is the president of the humphreys group she is a certified financial planner she's an mba she's the co-author of rewriting the rules telling truths about women and money i'm excited to have you on diane tell us a little bit about your personal life some more about your work and why you do what you do
1: Thanks, George. It's really um, fun to have an opportunity to talk with you. So I currently live in San Francisco, where I've lived since uh, graduating college. I'm a native of Wisconsin. I grew up in, a, in Milwaukee, um, but I moved here pretty quickly after graduating. And um, I got into this uh, financial services world Um, not on a lark or not by chance, but when I was in college, I was very much a liberal arts humanities person and didn't really know much about the world of business. And so I just got myself just an admin job. And through a friend, I became interested in the markets and um, all of that. And so one thing led to another and I uh, needed to get some credentials and some experience. And so I got myself into the business school at Berkeley, and uh, after that, I got my CFP designation. And um, since now I'm dating myself, so I started working (laughs) at the firm, of which I'm now the president, about 30 or so years ago. And it was founded by a woman named Henrietta Humphreys, and she was really one of the first wave of um, fee-only financial advisors. And so... I joined her while I was in business school and have uh, uh, proceeded up the ranks, so to speak, um, ever since. And she retired in 2002, at which point I became the president. And um, we are now a team of five. We're all women. We, um, Our office, our physical office is in downtown San Francisco. Uh, we're not there much these days. Um, our practice is a full-on wealth management uh, business model. We um, are AUM um, and we provide very comprehensive financial planning alongside uh, integrated uh, ongoing uh, portfolio management. So it's a pretty uh, typical business model and a very robust process. We're very process oriented. And and about 70% of our clients are women, and it's always been that way. And so um, we have long been interested and expert at serving the women um, in in our world. And, you know, one thing, I, I used to say that my personal mission was to help women get smarter about money, get smart about money. But I, I realized that wasn't exactly right. I really now say that my personal mission is to help women see the ways in which they're already smart about money and to then use that foundation and starting point of strength to keep building um, because that's the way to um, build your confidence and there's been so much written about the confidence gap i don't know if i believe it i think it might be a definitional definitional issue as much as anything but we love to help women um see what they're already good at because, um, it's a way to create strength and confidence moving forward.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of really powerful stuff there and I appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. So, so talking about, uh, helping to really reinforce or help women see the ways that they're already smart about money. I'd love to Mm -hmm. just jump right into that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it was one of the reasons we um, ended up writing this ebook, the the book that you mentioned, rewriting the rules. Um, so the the genesis of the book a couple years ago, as as I know you know, all financial services firms of all sizes want to cultivate women clients. Um, they're really uh, focusing their marketing uh, messaging toward women, and you know that's with good reason because the statistics. Um, point out that about 40% of the primary breadwinners in in US households are women about 85% of major financial decisions are made by women and 60% of personal wealth is controlled by women and those numbers are all going up and so it makes sense that um, growth in financial services is really driven by women. Um, and so as a result, and as I said, we've long served uh, went, long served women and focused our, the way we do things on uh, the perspectives and strengths and priorities of women. So as a result of this, there are all these studies being done by these uh, financial services firms to really look at how do we serve women better? And, you know, there's just tons of data out there. So we decided to take a look at it and read the studies and see what we could find out. And um, as a result, we decided to group the data into sort of myths um, that we could see, okay, what is this really saying about women and money? And does it, um, is it in sync with the cultural narrative or is it telling us something new? And so it really turns out that um, a lot of these, the the data, Gives uh, information that will um, go against the the messaging that we as women have gotten about money. Um, and what we what we really realized in doing this is that the financial services industry doesn't really address the perspectives and priorities and values and strengths of women. And so we wrote this book. um it's organized by 10 myths um, about women and money. And what we do is we take the data to bust or debunk the myth. And then we add in um, what the data tells us. And then we write about what we see about this from our experience in working with women. And then we add what is our advice to you to do things differently or to think about things differently. So some of the myths, for example, are First of all, the big one is that men are better investors than women. Um, that's simply not true. Um, there's another myth quite prevalent that women are more risk averse than men. That's also not true. I think a better way to say it is that women are more risk aware than men. Um, there's a lot of talk about women being less interested in investing. That's also not true. And so I could go on and on. The book is available Um Uh, And you can see what you think. But um, so that's the basis of the book. And um, so when it came time to um, write the conclusion, I sat back and I thought, okay, let's just um, gather all this stuff that we've learned about women and money. um, And what does it mean? And, and what can it tell us? What are the lessons learned? And furthermore, Um, If I were to sit down and create a financial services firm that really does address the needs and perspectives and strengths um, that women have more than men, what would it look like and how would it be different? And that really forms the conclusion of the book. Um, So I'll stop there.
0: I appreciate, I appreciate all that. So is, <laughs>
1: <I'll>
0: <laughs> that's, you know, I, mean, I don't
1: know um, if I should just keep talking. No, yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, pouring through just an immense amount of data and try to separate mm-hmm. the wheat, wheat, wheat from the chaff. I think that's the, that's the proper term, but really get down to the mm-hmm. truth and, 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 and what, I guess that's right. The truth about women and money and mm-hmm. to appreciate the fact that, that, that 80% of financial decisions are made by women, 60% of wealth is controlled by women in the United States. So that Mm -hmm. there are so many misconceptions or lies or myths or whatever it is, inaccuracies, Mm -hmm. um, that that's, that's just not serving people very well and it's not serving women well or, or relationships for that matter. Um, So,
1: right. And it's, It's stories that we tell ourselves that are not really uh, productive. They don't serve us, and they create a narrative that is just not not the case. And, you know, there's this whole thing out there that men are better at doing money than women, and it really is definitional. We we have a client who um, we were meeting with her recently, and she's very education-focused, and she always wants to learn more about investing and all that kind of thing. And she thinks she's not very good at money. And there we were in her house and her husband, who she defers to and thinks is really smart about money, is watching, you know, that Jim Cramer show. And he's, Mm. he's very uh, uh, frantic about the markets and all of that, making predictions, talking to his advisors, all of this stuff. And at the meantime, it, you know at this meeting, she pulls out twelve months' worth of detailed quicken data for herself <laughs> and her cons- her consulting business. And I'm like Nancy, this is what it means to be good at money. Look at your looking at your cash flow. you're living within your means. You know what your numbers are from a spending standpoint. You know what you need to do. This is what we're talking about, the the investing, yeah, the stock market. Yes, of course, that's important. But on a personal level, being good at money, can be much more broadly defined, and there are things that you can spend your time on that are going to have a much greater impact on your long-term financial health than you know following that ticker tape at the bottom of the screen all day.
0: And I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably go on to say that uh, that's not a constructive or a smart thing to do at all. Is 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 to watch talking heads right. on TV and and to be mm-hmm. letting that, that 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 seep in. Think that yeah that is really really powerful let's you know figure mm-hmm. out what stories it is that 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 we're telling ourselves then recognizing that mm-hmm. a lot of them are not serving us and that's true i think of every aspect right. of of life and <laughs> oh,
1: yeah uh-huh
0: i mean yes we're having this conversation on june 1st and the world is a very strange place and i think that there's mm-hmm. a lot of stories that we're telling ourselves about probably everything that's going on right now and to take a step back yeah. and, and to really examine. Okay, why is it that I think that I'm that, that I'm not good at money? Why is it that, mm-hmm. you know, it was something imprinted on me? Was it what my mm-hmm. somebody told me when I was little, or somebody told me when I was grown up, or whatever it is? Oh but, yes, right.
1: You know, one of the. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. I was just going to say one of the things that one of my colleagues and I have started doing. Um, as a bit of a practice, when we're talking about something, we'll preface our comments by saying, The story I'm telling myself about this is blah, 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 right? And it really is a good way to frame it and remind yourself that it is a story you're telling yourself, whether it's we're discussing a client or our spouses or uh, whatever, you know, our own behavior. Um, so, I know storytelling is really a big deal these days. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, thinking about the narrative is quite crucial. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is, uh, that's, that's, that's something that, that in conversations with, with my wife, uh, that I've been prefacing, not, that, not those exact words, but uh, what I've been saying mm-hmm. is, I, I, I think that I really want the world to be this way. I I really want the world Mm -hmm. to not be a a racist place or a violent place, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm trying to, so just trying to be mindful of, of, of why it is that, that I'm Mm -hmm. looking at a problem in a certain way. Uh, what a incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. thing. And Mm -hmm. certainly for, 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 for your professional work, uh, helping Mm -hmm. women, because from my experience, all the if 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 I went back and looked at the six hundred different conversations I've had with guests on the show, I if I'm just being honest, I find that the conversations I have with my uh, female guests are oftentimes uh, better, uh, and and I enjoy them mm-hmm. more. I find women to be very very mm-hmm. extremely sophisticated and thoughtful when 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 it comes to money, and so mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. such a difference in 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 what's really going on uh, is right. obviously an important thing.
1: You know, it's so interesting because I think that these days being good at the technical aspects, whether it's your investment strategy or whatever, that's really, of course, table stakes. And what's getting a lot of attention um, on a broader scale, thankfully, finally, is this idea of empathy and bringing empathy to the table. And um again not everything has to be gender defined but i think we can generally agree that women are more naturally um and have been uh our culture encourages us and rewards us for being and demands that we're more empathetic and it turns out you know and so for many years in our world we talk about uh this kind of stuff as the soft skills right the soft skills and if you start if you go down that path you quickly learn it's anything but soft. It's very difficult and it requires courage to to go down that road, not just for yourself, but to help clients in that way. And um, I think, you know, I am not at all the expert at empathy. I'm striving like everybody else. Brene Brown is a terrific um, resource. Any of her books are so good and I believe one of her most recent ones, um, Dare to Lead, there's a chapter on empathy and shame. And if you want to be challenged in your thinking, you start thinking about shame and the role that it plays in our lives, but especially in our money lives. And, um, you know, so I think the idea of bringing empathy to the table is happily getting more currency. It's becoming more mainstream, let's say, and there have been a lot of um coincidentally not all but many women leading you know real real thought leaders um who have devoted a lot of their work to this idea of how to become more empathetic um before it was as trendy as it is now i'm thinking of elizabeth jaton who has done a lot of work she is currently Um, very involved in Golden Gate University's life planning curriculum. I'm thinking about, you know, Carol Anderson uh, created uh, Money Quotient uh, years ago, and now her daughter Amy Mullen runs it. What it is is um, I would say, I don't know if they would say this, but it's an empathy-based discovery process to work with clients in terms of what is their narrative about money. Um, Sudden Money by Susan Bradley, the whole – uh, idea of how to work with clients during difficult life transitions. Um, and we ourselves uh, host conversation circles on a regular basis. We have for about five or six years now, and the idea is to create a space safe space for women to talk about the non-numerical aspects of money, you know, many of which i've I've sort of alluded to. but this whole idea of um, being empathetic and especially being vulnerable, is really, um, really crucial. And I think that, um, it's important to remember that it's, um, a skill that can be learned. It's difficult and just as demanding as technical expertise, but you can learn it. You can get better at it. You can cultivate your skill in these areas. It's not the domain of just women, let's say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's all really well said. And I love mm-hmm. the, the, the idea that that soft skills are not some super easy thing that that that, that you mm-hmm. have and, and you get better at. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Anybody can yeah go online and take a course about you know understanding the stock market mm-hmm. and, and all that jazz, and that's very valuable and important. But right to really roll up your sleeves and get into the messy stuff like shame mm-hmm. and being vulnerable mm-hmm. about you know your feelings mm-hmm. and past experiences. That's that's Mm -hmm. that's the important work so amen on all that diane i love it
1: you know yeah one one other thing um you know i was uh one of the things that we talk about is as we say we want to listen without fixing you know the idea of listening without fixing and as an as an advisor we're trained to fix we're trained trained to create solutions and and you know help clients. and of course, that's important uh, at the right time. But often I think in terms of the empathy piece is to just listen and without fixing without you know letting clients just say what they need to say and um, not immediately responding or, uh, you know, one of the things I hate most is when people say, well, that's a third, a first world problem. Mm -hmm. That's a first, you know, that's a quality problem because for that, that's so discounting because for that person, it is a problem. And of course we have to keep perspective and all of that. But you know, when we say to a client, well, all you need to do is cut your expenses by 10% and then it'll all be fine. And, you know, that's a big deal for that person, right? That's, that's their life you're talking about. And, and I'm not saying you, you don't get that message, but, you know, I, sometimes I just, when somebody will say something difficult, I'll just say, wow, that sounds hard. Hmm. And just be quiet. You know, you don't, you can respond in a way to let them know that you've heard them and to encourage them to keep talking because that's, really what they want and and need um as a first step you know yeah that's what i've found
0: i love it listen without fixing i think yeah excellent stuff Mm -hmm. well diane savage nation is you ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them
1: so i like to think of my superpower as being curious i think that one of the best things we can all do is cultivate a true sense of curiosity. One of the great things about being curious is that when you're being curious, you cannot be judgmental. Um, When you're being curious, you're listening more than you're speaking. And when you're being curious, you're doing, that's a good way to get in the habit of listening without fixing. Um, So I, I love to ask questions. I I did need to learn the hard way that um asking questions isn't enough. You can it, you can be gratuitous or you can ask questions that are basically irrelevant, but learning to ask questions that take the conversation into a, a deeper level is quite important and um asking difficult questions can be, you know, you might have to summon your courage to ask them. But what I found is that when you ask those difficult questions, many people are relieved that you've asked them and that you've helped them uh tackle that difficult uh topic. Um and and so that's what I I love to be curious. Um I love to ask questions and when I I think when you do so with respect um and and true uh authenticity, another overused word, but there it is. I think that um it's a it's a wonderful thing.
0: Like that is great stuff. That definitely it's come on. Come on. Diane, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Thank you, George. It's really it's really fun to have this conversation. So our firm's website is Humphreysgroup dot com. That's H U M P H R E Y S Group dot com. When you're there, you can Download the book that I've been referencing um, as I said earlier. No cost also there You can find links to our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and also Twitter. I Personally am on Twitter myself. My Twitter handle is dbordeaux Bordeaux at um, or just at Bordeaux, I suppose Okay,
0: perfect Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Diane your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Humphreysgroup.com. That's H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y-S group.com and download a free copy of the book and follow them on social media. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Diane.
1: Thanks, George. It really is great. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. And until next time. how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegronbacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.